This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Oh, a goal! My Far post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And a goal! Comes to Mitchell! It's another goal! Incredible! Hobble! recording and staying way up past his bedtime it's jr hello jr hello rich it's me hi i'm the problem it's me just like in celebration of those those tato tickets going out on sale mm, yeah i butchered that opening but it's okay go oh, i'm tired jr this is gonna be a tough episode for me it'll be a tough episode for all of us because we're gonna have to dig into um a lot of news we've got the friendlies to cover advisory board stuff to cover so um yeah if you're in the car strap in might need a detour from work might need to say that you'll be uh 10 minutes late who yeah, knows there we go yeah um if you are in the car please do strap in regardless uh you you can't muck about when it comes to your own safety i can already feel my voice going and all i've done for the last hour and a half is watch my two-year-old mock me while he was trying to go to bed and then you mock me by sending a video of your son asleep uh, <laughs> while mine was sat on a frog playing music so yeah well done parent of the year oh, mine totally rejects like any stories or anything like that so the key is to get um to get videos and if you if you bought the pass for either the Swansea or the Bristol City game I'm sure 90 minutes of that would have sent him straight to sleep. Shall we move straight to transfer news? Because we've got some massive, massive news. Shall we go for it? Yes, go on. Watch out, Super League Greece. Kane Woolery's in town. Pan Serraikos is the latest club in his journey within this professional game. I'm enjoying this summer update. Where is Kane Woolery now? Yeah, absolutely. It's It's been since the, you know, if you read through his... Wikipedia destinations, they're all, you know, so very normal and standard. You know, Bolton, Wigan, us, Tranmere, Motherwell. And they're just going, you know, off the piste into Turkey and various outposts in the Cyrillic alphabet. I I love it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to where he might end up next year. Uh, but yes, another another jaunt into the Super League of Greece for Kane Woolery. We wish him well, but 
hey, JR, Swindon did a signing this week and all became well in the world for about a couple of hours. Dan Kemp has signed for Swindon from Milton Keynes Dons on a season-long loan. It's a League Two side loan, so if it goes well, brace yourselves in January. Um, A former England youth international, he played in teams alongside Rhys James, Mason Mount and Ben Brierton Diaz before he became Diaz, or as Jay, I would like to say, saw the light and committed to another nation. A career that started at West Ham when he was a Chelsea kiddie and then he went to West Ham. I actually saw him play in the EFL Trophy alongside Declan Rice. So over the last week, one of them has joined Arsenal for over £100 million. The other one has joined Swindon on a season-long. That is quintessential checker trade, Papa John's, Johnson's pain, auto windscreens, the whole lot. Um, such such a move. Uh, last season, he got the attention of lower league fans due to a, an impressive loan spell at hapless Hartlepool, where he scored nine in 16, included a hat-trick in there and a couple of braces. Universal praise for the club for this signing. JR, do you think that is largely because it's a signing? Do you think it's because of how impressive he was at the latter stages in such a rubbish Hartlepool team? Or do you think, well, actually, he's a very good player and he showed that when he was at Leighton Orient? Uh, I think that it is a step in the right direction that perhaps um, there may be a bit, a bit of giddiness and it's not surprising seeing as we had to wait longer because, of course, we'll probably get on to later that Michael Flynn graced us with a press conference and no time to actually squeeze in a presser Poor Joe Acklam on holiday in lovely Aberaeron with all the coloured cottages there, um, having to drag himself out of bed and get his laptop going and then waiting on a Zoom call only to be told that Flynn is enjoying a coffee and will be 15 minutes. And half an hour later, we're still waiting and getting great updates on Total from Joe that really tickled absolutely everybody. Um, one of the things that Flynn was hinting that we might have a signing, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, watch your phones, um, later that day. And I know I was certainly refreshing up way up until um, far too late at night, thinking that something would come through. And um, alas, no. And then at breakfast time, it finally finally came good. I'm not sure what the delay was, because it was quite evident that everything that was unveiled was from the previous day. It wasn't looking too... Um, you know, too crisp and fresh in Khan. It looked very much like during the actual daytime. Uh, disparaging comments about how disparate uh, Khan looked, but you know, I, I won't have that as a as a Khan native of of old. So, yeah, it was. It's kind of putting those building blocks as to say that you know we're still quite short and something that worries me that we keep coming back to is that this notion that there needs to be a few going out before more could come in well that to me means that a will still be short and also it's that there'll be an ability to get people out of the door because short of paying them off that's going to be quite dependent on who wants to take them and i doubt that we're going to get huge fees for people who don't fit into the plans so uh, it's a good step. It's a good replacement in, you know, in that centre midfield that we need. Uh, very good at Orient, as you say. Promising, uh, promising flourishes in a pretty dreadful and uh, sadly a team that left it too late in Hartlepool last year. But maybe you know it's Friday tomorrow. Might have been nice to think of a few more, but. There were plenty of uh, the trialist family out this week, weren't there? Well, there was and there wasn't, wasn't there? There, there? there was and there wasn't. There were certainly trialists, but I don't think that quite accurately portrays what those players actually were. Um, we had a friendly behind closed doors on the weekend, a trip to Wales to play Swansea, which ended 5-0. Goals by Nathan Wood, Pirro, and I think Josh Thomas got a hat-trick. 
pretty decent run out. Those these are the sort of the games that were saying last week that, you know, it's all well and good going to Supermarine, going to Melksham, sticking goals past them and Murphy Mahoney just getting bored and Lewis Ward getting bored at the back because they're not being tested. So I said that last week. So, you know, losing to teams like Swansea and as we'll discuss Bristol City in just a few moments is no major disgrace because we need to be challenged. We need to see where the gaps are. Um, and I, I, we had one trialist beyond Lewis Ward, who I'm not really calling a trialist right now. I think he's just in some sort of transfer purgatory. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about his performance at Bristol City because I did see it and it wasn't great. I think the trialist at Swansea, everyone's talking about a Aston Villa player, but I don't think it is that one. I think the one that is on trial at Swindon is a chap called Mo Silla, who played in Louis Barry's Aston Villa side. Um, he's not the Hartlepool Mo Silla, um, but whether they choose to keep him, I think he might have been at Hereford. And you've got to think if if they're really looking at a trialist, you want them at that Bristol City game. Friendly one of the week, Joe, Swansea 5, Swindon nil, and I think people got on with their Saturdays pretty happily after that result came through. Yeah, Daryl Nadiok, as they probably don't say in Swansea. Um, uh, yeah, it's. I guess this kind of will, will lead into the other one as well. I find these sorts of things hard to, you know, interpret because they're not really traditional friendlies in the spirit that we know of them. They do feel a little bit, you know, to my unobserved eye, they do feel a little bit pedestrian and like people are going through the motions. I think I put a post asking if, you know, there was a, a small fee because Swindon looked a bit like extras in an advert, just sort of letting balls go past them and letting play go through. Because it does feel a bit more like a, a give and take training session. I'm not sure about the merits of showing these things or sharing highlights of things like that. It's great PR for the championship clubs to have these, you know, these glowing results of where they put uh, put professional teams to the sword. But it's not it's not the same as um your Melkshams or Supermarines where the squad there are really gonna try and give it a good go and make a make a point and maybe put a touch in a little bit hard. It's and it's not even necessarily a problem that it is going through the motions because that's something of mutual benefit. You don't want people out cropped. People want minutes. You know, they want to play their natural game to not worry about, you know, defending too hard or challenging too much. I guess, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm seeing the merits of it in a, you know, in a preparation sense. I'm not really seeing what we can glean from it, if that makes sense. And I'm kind of what because this because you have these big academies as well, just to draw back on the the general plan for the year because there has been a switch around staff wise and we've got Jamie Russell heading up the football things and I heard his um, interview was touched on he did an interview with the Sir Tom Broadbent Lounge uh, where he speaks very well. I know you've mentioned this on the pod because I've spoken to you about it before. Uh, but when he was talking about, um, you know, reserves or B teams, he was talking about the cost involved in, in you know, setting up or being in a league. Perhaps it's naive of me, but I feel like these opportunities to go to elite academy training grounds and test yourselves against, you know, the stock of what they have and have impromptu friendlies with Swansea, Bristol City, Cardiff, Southampton, whoever's kind of within an hour or two, you'd feel like throughout the season that they would be plentiful. It doesn't necessarily have to be an organised league or to the extent of what a Brentford might do where they've travelled into Europe to play teams there. It could surely be something fairly informal with less burden on Swindon. The big news from the game was not good news, and that was two injuries, um, seemingly big ones. Tom Clayton and poor old Reese Devine. Even worse, that they actually snapped 
his injury as it snapped it would appear you see Reese Devine looking in that initial stage of agony and he looks to be out for quite some time and even Tom Clayton I think got the the six to 12 weeks God, there's a big difference between six and 12 isn't there um Big losses for Swindon in terms of squad depth, huge in terms of Tom Clayton and Reese Devine. Well, we might not ever see him have a run at Swindon. Yeah, it's it's it feels bad because you know you, get, you usually get the usual Twitter noise of people saying you know cut your losses and get rid crocked injury prone. I I don't feel good about thinking about people in those kind of terms, um, whatever kind of things are recurring, and it looks like Devine's going to need surgery from that it was maybe a bit of foreboding uh cousin jack did point out he said that you know flynn is all about the fitness and will drill everybody hard that is kind of his thing is they want to get people drilled we have those famous you know war stories from people you've interviewed from the decadio era who talk about you know doing runs or things like that i don't know if it's quite to that extent but you know he was saying that you may find you know, some people will pull up early because that that jump, that intensity might be too much. We're seeing that early doors already a little bit thin on the ground, um, as we said with the Kemp unveiling. So to lose two more is a bit of an understatement. And I think dropping in the news when we had the Moore Taylor uh, transfer where he chose Forest Green or went back or whatever wranglings went that way, um, to hear the news that it wasn't a case of him choosing Forest Green over us because we never gave him an option to come to us is going to feel a little, a little less easy to hear. Hmm. I think he said that we, we we didn't offer him a contract because he wasn't in a priority position, and then Clayton got injured after. But ain't that just a kick in the teeth? It certainly is. It certainly is. There's been a lot of Dale Vince in the news this week. Hasn't oh there? my goodness, he triggers a lot of people, doesn't he? <laughs> he definitely does. <laughs> Mister Shaps is after him. Oh so. dear, or whatever his pseudonym is this week. I yeah. say. Is it the dress sense? Apparently, <laughs> there's some Grateful Dead collab T-shirts. Okay, out. okay, yeah. right. Well, good luck to Dale Vince, I suppose. So we lose over the weekend. At Swansea, we lose two players. Every social media bit of content released by the club is is met by sign some players. And then we sign a player. Everyone's happy. That's announced on the morning of the 18th. And then we go to Bristol City's high performance centre in Fayland. And we take on the uh, the Bristol City first team. It was um, not your conventional 90-minute game. It was a 45-minute first segment followed by a drinks break and then 15 minutes. And then the game sort of changed. And then there was another 45 minutes, um, another drinks break, and then a final 15 minutes equating to 120. First hour squad was our best 11 in the moment against a very strong Bristol City side. Um, and, And Swindon did all right in that hour. It was 2-1, Hepburn Murphy scoring, uh, capping off quite a decent move, actually. Mickey Bell's son, Sam Bell, scored just before that, and then he scored again on 56 minutes. Alex Scott, the much uh, the much admired, he hit the post to bar a few times. He did everything other than score. So Bristol City could have realistically been further ahead, but I thought we, we really did okay. And then... <laughs> for the second hour Swindon changed the squad a wee bit you know you had Dwarzak come on you had Lewis Ward come on you had Harrison Minton come on Jake Wakeling Ronan Darcy and Tyree Shade but that was it in terms of Swindon players you had a selection JR of Bristol City under 21s in the first half we played Sam Pearson for the first 60 minutes and I imagine he's the player that Michael Flynn was talking about in the press conference that they were looking at some players, him and maybe Omar Taylor-Clark, because they're a bit further along. Omar Taylor-Clark played in that second 60 minutes, along with Jamie knight Lebel, Seb Palmer-Holden, 
Duncan Idahan, Efren Yeboah, and Josh Campbell slowly. Uh, the latter two both coming on in the, in the last 15, 20 minutes or so. The final score, JR, was 7-1. And it was a little bit of a farce. The first hour was very, very useful to Swindon. And I'm sure from a professional football perspective, it was probably a very good second 60 minutes. I just cannot see what the Swindon players who played in that second 60 minutes would have got from it because it was very disjointed. There was a lot of endeavour by the Bristol City kiddies and you could see the frustrations and it wasn't a good 60 minutes, for example, for Tyree Shade, who needs good 60 minutes. And I just I just sat there wondering, Bristol City have played two 11s and managed to get, what, eight, seven or eight of their under-21s all into the same game. Just felt win-win for Bristol City and then very useful, followed by a complete waste of an hour for, for the second section. But I'm more than happy to concede that I don't understand the complexities of, of pre-season. So it might have been a very useful two 60-minute um, segments, but it, it did create that sort of noise, that unnecessary pessimism from people who didn't watch the game and didn't understand, I would say, what happened in that second hour, which made the score both understandable and also not a big deal. I mean, the whole thing sounds absolutely extraordinary to me because this is maybe what I was saying about the Swansea game, that when you're, and you know, clubs are going to try and make revenue as and where they can. When you're selling this as a package, you've got your... Um, you know, it's an I follow offshoots. You're trying to have your own, um, you know, TV franchise, web-based thing, and you're trying to create content for that. And selling a pass for this training exercise seems like a good idea. I know Flynn that said in the press conference that we we're going to have a look at some low knees. I don't think any of us thought they would literally slot into a second half side and just see how they kind of got on. Um, it's been very useful for Newport County because Palmer Holden's gone to them on loan. They had a similar thing at the uh, training round this week. I don't know if they did the same kind of thing because this seems utterly alien to me, but then I don't actually know the minutiae and it doesn't seem that long ago that you'd have these closed doors friendlies. You might get a, uh, you know, a write-up from the internal media staff. You might see some lineups at the end, or you might see goal scorers, and and that's about it. And maybe you'd have that for the main game, and let's just have a bit of extra time and just try something out. And it's this is part of what makes me not really understand preseason friendlies in their current form. We were saying, yeah, you know, the other week that you're, you're the traditionalist in me thinks that you know, your away games are going to be for your local outposts to give them, you know, a bit of a, uh, a bit of a buzz and a bit of the excitement of seeing Swindon at Brimscombe of Thrupp or places like that. And then your home friendly is probably going to be, you know, a mixed, a mixed bag glamour friendly that will attract people in an upper championship side, a fallen giant, someone like that. Um, and then, you know, that's, that's usually friendlies on road. These, uh, you know, going to elite academies at this stage in the season is kind of newish thing. Um, the big glamour friendlies seem to have dried up, not just for Swindon, but for everywhere. These same teams will, um, you know, get the arse about having to go to somewhere like Shrewsbury Town in the FA Cup in November, but they're quite happy to go off to Miami or Dubai at this sort of time of year. And that makes us all... Uh, you know, boil our proverbial piss. It's 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 symptomatic of the modern game, and I accept it. But that doesn't mean that I understand it or should interpret it. What I did enjoy, though, is because essentially we're saying you're taking two sixty-minute games, mini games, training exercises. But I really liked um, someone in the argument saying about you know that you know, it was a huge loss to Bristol City, and that's what they'll have. In the record book, the record book will show that as if Bristol City fans are going to give it the big one and say, "Remember that thrashing." Well, I had a little dip academy. on. No, I had a little dip into their uh, 
uh, OTIB forum and they were already purring at 5-1 about how that flowed off the tongue nicely, despite it being a nothing, <laughs> nothing game. So that they would have enjoyed that regardless. It, it just felt like I was in, intruding on a session that I wasn't allowed to be there at. So, you know, it's a club behind closed doors game and it, they're not duty bound to do anything for the fans at that, that point. The 60 minutes that, that I saw were, were worth the five pounds. It, it looked like a useful runaround, you know, for Swindon. And, and there were moments where we were good and the, the Bristol City commentators, they complimented what Swindon were doing from the very off. You know, we were busy. Um, Bristol City looked the, the better side, you know, that they had lots of chances where they could have done better or, or Alex Scott got very, very close. But Swindon moved the ball around well. We did it at pace and we did what we could. And then it just turned into this this farce from, from a Swindon. And I'm not talking about it as a fan watching the game. I'm talking about it as a as somebody who's seeing five players who seemingly are going to be on the bench come Colchester away not being able to really get anything from the game when we've only got two more friendlies left before then. And I'm going to say it, Jake Wakelin, for all of his effort and all of his endeavour, and there is lots of it, I've seen him twice now. I've seen him at Melksham, I've seen him at Bristol City on the live stream, and he's looked frustrated in both of those games. Sounds like he would have been somebody who might have been a better place getting on the coach and going elsewhere on that day. Just wonder because you watch the game, giving five pounds to Bristol City, by the way, call yourself a proper oh, fun. Giving them more than <laughs> them in five pounds over the years, I assure you. But yeah, oh, no. Oh. Tell them that. Um but did you feel a bit like did you feel a bit like um Bielsa's right hand man with his binoculars <laughs> and waiting for somebody to <laughs> Oi! Yeah, I was expecting the, the <laughs> knock on the door and a Bristol City official to tell me to please turn my laptop off. <laughs> Monka tackled Cantona. Cantona reacted strongly as a player must and won it back. But it was the afters. That's what all the fuss is about. Now, here goes Brian Hill. Over to the linesman on the far side. He's going to have a word with Jerry Lee. There's a card coming out. It's red. And on the same day as the Bristol City mauling, because, you know, we lost 7-1, oopsie-daisy, we went up to Hereford JR in the evening to play Paul Cadiz's very own. Michael Flynn in the press conference where Mr. Acklam was left waiting while Flynn had his coffee. Uh, mentions that he was going to split the Swindon Town side and send one to Bristol City and the other one to Hereford. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that split was an even one. <laughs> but what we did learn is, one, that Hereford are better than our under-18s plus two players. They win 2-0 thanks to a, a brace by Jason Cowley. I guess what we really learned is the bomb squad is firmly two players, Tommy Adeloy and Ricky Agua, who didn't feature. I, I imagine Tyree Shade isn't far behind, but there we go. Um, I, I, I guess sometimes I don't enjoy whinging, but for this game against Hereford, there's no doubt about it. This game was promoted and announced to be a first 11 and Hereford 1000 people turned up for it paying 14 pounds and we send the under 18s plus Adeloy and Agua. Preseason isn't about Paul Caddis's Hereford it's not about the fans really but considering how we bend over backwards for teams like Melksham to to honor a friendly and you know these sort of games impact budgets of teams like Hereford to send an under-18 side seems poor in form. And I, I'm, you, you will not convince me 
um, to believe that it was always going to be an, an XI Swindon Town 11. It, it, it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be a first team. And some Swindon fans would have gone to that and gone, oh, not again, especially if they went to caution. But I think there's more of a case of, come on, Swindon. Um, with this one than there was for caution. Yeah, I think you can maybe get away with it for caution. We know that we're saying about the pitch inspection and saying that it didn't pass muster. Hereford Friendly's been booked in for a long, long time. Well, a, a, a couple of months. Paul Caddis's appointment around that time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly the first friendly that I remember that was definitely nailed in on the fixture list. Bristol City is just up the road. You can't tell me that the second half squad of there wouldn't have been better suited to going up there. It it feels disrespectful to to Paul Caddis, it feels disrespectful to Hereford. And I know that people say maybe people won't fancy it because it's a you know three hour round trip from Swindon. Not everybody, a big news flash for Swindon Town and for um, many of the fan base, not everybody does live in Swindon. And this would have been appealing to our fans who might have been more Midland leaning, and to see that lineup straight away from Bristol City game of who's involved, people would have made their choice on the day. As is, is there right? I even if you if you're going to send a a split squad or a bomb squad or pan out with under 18s or whatever, the person I get asked about all the time for Swindon from non-Swindon fans, anyone who follows teams in Championship, League One, Wickham fans, Oxford fans, whoever, QPR fans, they always ask about Charlie Austin. Charlie Austin was, you know, sought by the chairman himself. Flynn got positive things to say about him. We know that if you get the ball to him, you know, he can finish his dinner. You've got nothing to prove. You put Charlie Austin out there, you give him 45 minutes that people of Hereford can say, oh yeah, they had that Charlie Austin, you remember him? You know, it's a marquee and I just, for the one competitive friendly, I mean we've got a competitive friendly on the weekend against Eastleigh, which is a freebie, and we're going to give that more honour, but, you know, they've they've set their stall out accordingly. They're charged between 10 to £14 pounds for that, and they're just plain wrong, to be honest. They're just plain wrong to do that. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. The <laughs> we're flapping. <laughs> we're flapping. We're warmed up. We haven't got to the the advisory board minutes yet. Um, yeah, I agree totally with the Charlie Austin thing. You know, Charlie Austin doesn't you know need to prove his worth, so to speak. And I I honestly think a National League North friendly would have been a good run out. I think there was worth in it for the firsts. Even the bench or the second half side at Bristol City, I think they would have got more out of the Hereford game. Yeah, sure. It's for the Swindon fans who travelled, it's 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 still a bit of a shoulder shrug sort of eleven, but it, it's it's a darn sight stronger than than it would have been, or that it was, I should say. But there's no clutching of pearls here. It's just like, I think everyone thought that was going to be a, a, a first-team fixture and very late in the day they've changed their mind. And that's their prerogative. Uh, Eastleigh this weekend in what looks like is going to be the pouring rain. I'm going to that. Lucky me. Very lucky. And you're getting a, you get your freebie courtesy of Eastleigh. You excited about going to uh, going there? Taking Oxford United Simon Donald's free tickets. So I've given Bristol City a... A fiver this week, and I'm I'm turning up and buying a pie from Simon Donald. I'm just you know give give give. Very very generous. But one thing to think on the before we get to the uh, Eastley thing, what I what I wanted to have a little dig about and say is that I don't think Town can complain then if Plymouth do the same thing to us and chuck out a load of kids. And if there's a dismal turnout, if there's a dismal turnout for that friendly, then. I think can we just show on form of how the preseason has gone? It's 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 been poor form to sell two fixtures um misadvertised. One you can get away with when it's local and it's relatively cheap. You know, you pay your money, you take your choice, but yeah, that was that was not ideal. And hopefully, hopefully, because there's gonna be a bumper crowd, and I know there might be freebie tickets and some people might snap them up and just will decide not to go, but there should be a good turnout there and it's a chance to actually get a competitive game under the belt and hopefully we start to see uh you know some 
improvement. Mm. Yes, I could hear people correcting me from all over the listenership, of course. Stuart Donald is the owner of Eastleigh, not the Viz co-creator, Simon <laughs> Donald. How, how did you not spot that? I'm not that well, well versed in the comings and goings of, uh, of Eastleigh, but, you know, the maybe the Billy the Fish drawing just really <laughs> stuck home for him. <laughs> oh dear it's pre-season i'm warming up um the advisory board minutes came out what 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 what, what did we learn this is this is your time to shine so i, I don't want just ne- i don't want just negative here jr i want positive i want concerns if there are any what what, what did we learn from the latest minutes um so yes i'm not i'm not going to get too pessimistic or bogged down um because I've tried to give them uh, a good read through, and I think the phrase the phrase that's coming out, I said to you off mic, the phrase I'm getting is it's all about the devil in the details. So um, trust members would have had a advisory questionnaire. Guard. I think it was about April that we had these things. They're trying to gauge all of these opinions on various things about what kind of projects that you'd like to see at the county ground if you'd like to see a a dedicated sports bar, and this is something that you know goes beyond that serves on match day. Something that actually be, um, you know, a focal point that you could watch sports all week round. You could go and watch your NFL games or WrestleMania or whatever um, various Premier League games. Something that would be a destination rather than the Legends Lounge with the projector on, which is you know how it currently is and serves you know, the needs of what it needs to perfectly fine as it is but it's 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 the detail of what that involves that gets me i, mean, I know that we've had discussions before about saying about getting 24 7 revenue and talk about a hotel and you know signposting that you know milton Keynes dons they've got a hotel in their stand and it works quite well i don't know about everybody else but i'm in the back of my head thinking yes but they've got a you know a, a double tree a hilton double tree so it's partnered with you know a recognized chain so presumably there's a chain that's interested in helping to fund or build part of that which takes a big part of the cost so that's something that gets me a little bit is you know you have the bold ambitious plans which i think are all very noble and worthy but there's a version of that that makes perfect sense where you know you're getting in with um, retailers or chains or you know, hoteliers, those kind of things, and you know, providing uh, you know, a, a floor plan, really, of what they could, they could utilise and put their own things through there. But that's very different to the sort of people that I see on things like the hotel inspector who haven't had a guest in about six months and put plastic spiders under the fried breakfast and, you know, I think they're wacky or whatever it's it's a big a big undertaking to take on if it was a fully independent venture the kind of thing that maybe would bristle at same as things like would you like a fan zone a fan zone makes perfect sense and then when they're like wouldn't it be great if the fan zone was somewhere you just randomly go to dinner on a non-match day or like um i don't really know if that's something that anywhere does on the flip side you know you've got the magic roundabout there, I could see there's accessibility for dark kitchens, delivery spots, so there is a way that you could work it, but it's, I need something a bit more from these minutes. I like that there's plans for improvements. They made criticism last year about saying, you know, that they needed to do that under 16s bands because vandalised toilets are no more CCTV. So they are doing things about CCTV. They are doing things about um, feasibility of the PA and it has alleviated one of my concerns that I was worried about you know with ambitions to um, you know put directors boxes of the Don Rogers spoken about build a new town end spoken about putting a roof or redoing the Stratton Bank str- spoken about I had worried that it'd be like well let's just leave them as they are for now and just hold off because getting planning permission through um, is going to be difficult and lengthy so you know just doing a make good on what we already have a tidy up making you know facilities functional if that means like in the don rogers that you have to have something like 
porter cabins or a bit like when we went to Newport County, they basically got an MOT failed food at the back. But, oh, we laugh, but that kind of thing works, doesn't it? That's a solution. It's not particularly glamorous or anything like that, but it will do in the interim. And just you know, getting the maximum utility out of what you have while you go through that planning process is good. They've got a sponsors group as well, which I'm definitely somebody who likes to dig them out, you know, when they seem to want volunteers, but you're know, actually leaning on the skills that your sponsorship has. Um, the thing with Archer's recruitment and Joe Archer is going to give um, equality, diversity, inclusion training, which is a, you know, a good thing that a sponsor can give some of their time back to something like that and gladly do it. That's a good utilization of that thing that doesn't take the piss too much. I know that sponsors maybe put posts out for job adverts or things like that. So there is at least a collective of sponsors that might be willing to um, you know, share their skills or their platforms uh, to help the club in some ways, which, okay, I can see some, I can see some benefit through that. Uh, so yes, I'm kind of pleased with that good positive stuff about the museum as well, because, um, and you went to the launch that you've already spoken about that in the minutes as well. So well done. One of the reasons that the low strangers was formed in the first place was my interest in oral history, um, getting the memories of people down uh, in audio format or in, in, in word if need be and i'll be working on that side of the museum so collecting the memories of swindon town players staff and fans over the years well we can and it's a project i very much look forward to being a part of very much in the background and yeah it doesn't impact the podcast in any way shape or form Maybe I might lean on JR a little bit more. I might lean on you a little bit more, JR, to to do some hosting duties from time to time. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah, just say it live on mic so that I can't get out of it. That's uh, that's perfectly good. But I like that. I, yeah, I like the the plans with the museum being a you know, living, breathing thing that happens now, rather than waiting for whatever the plans might be to house this in a future stadium development and, you know, from immediately wheels are in motion to, um, you know, use the great resources that we already have to, you know, build the archive, exhibit some stuff already in the stadium, in some cabinets, in the stands, which would be really good. And what I'm hoping, you know, I'm not involved in any way. I wasn't invited, but even so, um, I'm hoping it would be a good idea to, you know, incorporate some of these oral histories into you know, so we can actually just get around and about in Swindon and do you know a bit of a a bit of a walking tour for yourself and go to uh Harold Fleming's old house or whatever and listen to you know various snippets. We like a walk, don't we? We like to get boots to the ground and I like that it's it's reaching beyond just the county ground and hopefully you know there might be opportunity to get um you know mini exhibits in other facilities while they're waiting for those things it's very much something where people want to get things moving immediately rather than waiting for four years time or something when a new town end open for example yeah yeah okay so is there anything else on the positive front before you end this pod in in a true ls pod fashion (laughs) i mean we haven't even gone down the road that the pod got a shout out slash question, did it? Didn't it? Oh, that's, like, a good, that's a good bridging point. Yeah, where we go on to that? Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Um, a very kind. I, I'm. I don't know if they were kind or not, but we were using a question about um, you know, fan outlets and why uh, we're not included when others are, and it was very nice to get a mention. But I, I do wonder whether it was really a dig towards others as opposed to anything else but um there's so much out there at the moment that that has swindon providing so you've got stephen jonah doing the life of a kit man you've got the osc doing their their monday night panels and you've got the sir tom broadbent lounge doing their evenings and helping out with live events and so forth 
there's no need for Alice Pod to get involved and wade in on any of this. If the club wanted me to do something, they'd reach out. Um, if I wanted to do something desperately, I'd reach out and they'd either say yay or nay. Last year I did it. They said nay. That's fine. That's cool. I like the freedom. I like the ability that we can read the minutes, say what's good, and in a moment say what's absolutely horrific. And I think the listenership on the whole enjoys it that way. So there's no sort of huge desire from me to make those requests from the club and the club don't, they're not duty bound to to provide me anyone. Would I, would I happily talk to the manager and some players about the season ahead? Of course I would. And I think I'd do a good job at it, but if it's very busy and I'm happy with the way things are going. So we'll leave it at that. I think, I think some people like to imagine that there's <laughs> some big content war, more than the, uh, more than the providers. I mean, on the, on the occasions that you or I might be in the, Legends Lounge or someone like that. Quite frequently, we'll see a contributor from inverted commas rival things having a having a chat or a beer together. It's really not that deep. People will, I'd say, oh, people could choose what they want. Let's be honest, people choose multiple things and then like to imagine that there's little feuds or whatever. There's nothing from that. But if any of them do want to scrap, then uh, I'm keen. Royal Rumble mm. style, Rich. Mm, yeah oh it's got to be an over the rope royal rumble because if it's a you know ufc or just a plain street fight then i'm gonna die yeah you could do the the bushwhacker loot routine but yeah it's a an interesting thing i think there's something that the dan kemp thing has highlighted and something i've been thinking about and we were talking about this is that i do worry with all this talk about you know this podcast or that podcast you get lots of lots of pod content and these are people who you know they give their time willingly to provide content and it's good to have people who are a bit more in the tent and a bit on the outside and you can kind of build you know your your idea of what's really going on from whichever it's good to have a good mix um so just as useful to have people who are closer within the club as well my concern is that i do wonder where legacy media in all of this sits because you always have the same three faces at the presser. I think we can call total legacy media at this stage. It's been a pipeline for uh, you know very Swindon reporters, even media managers back in uh, back in the day. And the club did seem to have like a relationship with the advertiser. I can't really say that the Joy Leafield era is in any way particularly controversial because there's not. And there's not a slight on on him. We're not in the Sam Moreshead investigative journalism school anymore because that's just not the remit of local newspapers like that anymore. So I do wonder why the club so determined to do things like put things like uh, uh, a Kemp interview off their own backup when you could you could surely just give these outlets the head up heads up to do their own copy. Say, please ping it over to me and Rob Angus to have a read through and give you the okay and they can go on there these are you know publications and stations and things that they've given us and the club so many uh so many things when you have the museum there how many evening advertising you're going to have in scrapbooks or framed of famous historical events still printing and things like that and a little bit of back scratching and not just giving anyone the 10-minute warning that a press conference is going to happen would, I think it would go a long way. You see local newspapers in dire straits. You hear about cuts to local radio. I know that we like to have a laugh about, uh, you know, things like Sean Hodges' stonewashed jeans and all of that kind of fun. But I I live, in a, I live in an area where, you know, you've got your three counties sharing one BBC station and none of them have a prominent position you've got a league one team that is served by a community station anyone who listens on i follow to away comms knows that it's a real mixed bag in terms of you know if it's a community or a volunteer effort it's not always the most professional we have a you know a weekly program that's dedicated to us on bbc radio and we have the match coverage and you know for some people they can't access a audio pass point on the club that I will get to is that there's a big thank you to people buying kits and season tickets for supporting the club and 
I would say people who tune into BBC Radio Wiltshire from, I don't know, from home doing the decorating or a hospital bed or a care home are actually your supporters as well. And people who drop in and maybe buy a programme or a pasty are supporters too. So it would be good to just kind of share a bit of the love. Why can't we give them a little something, something, you know, um, beyond the stuff they're obligated to give? I don't know what happened with the BBC during the power era, but the BBC's never had a, had a look in under the Morphoonie era for whatever reason. I don't know what that is. It could be justified. It might not be. I might be wrong. Um, but I, I enjoy the, the days of uh, announcements at five and us getting uh, notifications at two minutes to from the BBC saying what's going to happen. More of that, please. No idea how much we will miss them when they're gone. And at this rate, it'll be when, not if. So we should support them while they're still here. Yeah. What can we end on with these minutes? Is there anything of note? Because I'm sure there was a lot more grrr and, and angst and flapping from the fan base from these minutes. I think that... I think that... <sighs> I've had a, time, a bit of time to cool off and think about it. I'm thinking that I must be, I must be just misunderstanding some of the things in this minute. So um, somebody made a very reasonable request about um, drinking water and a refill station. You must have tons of these things around where you live, like you see them in town centres of like a refill bottle station or might in a shopping centre or you might see stickers at the pub that they'll top up your chilies bottle or things like that. It's not a rare and unusual thing. And this is what this person was suggesting. So they come to the come to the games of their son, they drink a lot of water, particularly in the summer months and you know, is that available? Is the squash in the Julia Robbins room? acceptable to drink and just got a response about no it's from a tank and there's no drinking water available in the stands i just thought that surely the question must have been misunderstood because you you're prefacing that potentially everybody's at a legionnaire's risk first of all because <laughs> i've no idea what's being used in the cooking and the catering side of things yes i know that boiled water killed microbes and all that stuff have done food tech and all that nonsense but there are like local initiatives and things like that to get refill stations out there. So even just an incurious will look into it would have been more appropriate. And something that comes back to this idea of, you know, being being an inclusive club. Because, you know, there are going to be certain people who, you know, can't have certain things. They might have requirements. There might be people who aren't going to be catered for for concessions. I know that clubs will have you know quite stringent rules about things like bringing outside food and drink so if you've got things like your autism bags and you've got your social stories these are you know these are good and decent and noble things it's good to think about sensory rooms but if somebody's got needs of saying oh my kid won't eat xyz i'm gonna buy a pasty my husband's gonna buy a pasty but he'll want to have a ham sandwich can i bring that in now the immediate thing, if you just try to wander in and just do that, is probably not going to be the case. But you want to at least know, can I at least ask the question and not just get the door flung in my face? You know, is there is there a procedure? Is there somebody that I can contact, go through? This is how places evolve into actually being inclusive spaces. We can't think of things of being this bag is provided, this shelter is provided, and everything's done. Because as the stadium moves on, it's not not a question of criticising things. It's about evolving and improving. That people don't necessarily belong just in certain sections or whatever. Am I making any sense that you know people want to feel from these advisory boards that they're participating in a dialogue about how this club is shaped, and not just being told, you know, wind your neck here, don't ask stupid questions. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think the the devil is in the details. The key there there were a fair few answers which were just a few words long, and it was kind of like, dare I say, you want your openness and transparency to be a little bit more open and a little bit more transparent because the presentation of the of the minutes is really nice, but the detail is just 
it, it creates more questions. And that's been the debate within the Swindon Town fan base once the, the outrage has ended. Um, I was particularly triggered by a line about Swindon being so poorly ran for 30 years. You know, that might be the case for the majority, but 30 years ago, we were just about to go into the Premier League. <laughs> so it was, you know, yeah. the, the, the bloody cheek of it. <laughs> um, of course, Swindon have had a fair, a fair share of turmoil over the last 30 years. But to to make that claim and also put in the same minutes the sort of requests they make, but not provide the detail, which makes it seem possibly far worse than it actually is or far more or far more illogical than it actually is, is, is probably what I'm saying here. Like you've committed to, to, to doing these sessions, these minutes, but I think it, you probably need to sit down and think about how those minutes are, are composed and, and, delivered to the fan base because detail can be key in some areas some areas they just can say no you know it's just not practical but in other areas where you are asking for this that and the other and that's not something that really an organization in in this level of professional sports should be doing probably requires a little bit more of an explanation I, this this comes on to the thing of where they're asking about um they're looking to hire tradespeople, electricians, plumbers, and things like that. And your first instinct is thinking, well, this is Morfuni's bread and butter. Other people around and affiliated or friends of the club are also in construction. You've got um, National Construction Centre as a sponsor. You've got a plumbing agency as a sponsor. And you just think, why are they asking this there's a private school near me that's looking for a boiler to be replaced and we're putting the call out on facebook for somebody to service their boiler and this is what made me think about whether it's the detail of it because this private fee-paying school isn't asking for somebody to do their boiler for free the problem is what they're saying is because trade is so in demand and these things ebb and flow and access to materials is difficult perhaps the call out is actually for people who just have availability and will be paid at their market rate same as when they're talking about first aiders and doctors perfectly reasonable things to get on day contracts as people who do these things for events they don't do them for free but the instinct is to think that they're thinking volunteers you just think well why on earth would that be the case so a little bit more detail as to what they ask especially if the ask is going out to the advisory board minutes as in for us, the people reading it to respond to, I would have a good idea. I could put the club in trust STFC. Anyone listening, I could put the club in trust with people who do, um, you know, events first aid. Feel free to slide into the old DMs on that front. But I'm not going to volunteer to just come and be like, you know, when they do the, is there a doctor in the house in the stands or anything? <laughs> That's not really going to be like particularly practical. Be more explicit about what the ask is if you're saying that, you know, it's time critical and we have run around places and they're fully booked and our sponsors don't have any gaps. So is there anybody who is an independent who has gaps between here and August? That makes more sense to say. Are you pandering to, to the club <laughs> for some business? I'm just, giving, I'm just giving the benefit of the doubt, really, because my reaction is obviously thinking that they want people to volunteer their time like it's DIY SOS or something like that. But. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you, I think you're right there. And I think your example there with that um, the school rec- request is like, yeah, put out the the call and make it clear what they're going to do. And, and obviously, they're they're going through the mentality of they're requesting so they can have the conversation in private. But it just always reads that they're looking for that they're they're looking for freebies. And if you're looking for freebies, it means you've got no money to pay or not willing to for whatever reason and it's not a classy look and yeah like i said it just maybe need to be a little bit more transparent with their openness and transparency yeah it's a curse of social media you know that if you if you get the train to swim the game next year and it gets cancelled you can go through the rigmarole of writing to gwr but you know if you have a bit of a gripe and a whinge on twitter it'll get sold be solved a lot quicker quicker people put these messages out on social media or their own comms and think that it's perfectly understood because we're 
used to that kind of more informal way of discussion in our workplaces, in our personal lives. And yeah, maybe the detail is just lacking on that. So this time we're going to give them the benefit of the doubt and see what they respond with. How about that? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Just an almighty long pod. Uh, so we'll, we'll leave it there. I'm off to Eastley this weekend, weather permitting. It looks absolutely grim <laughs> this Saturday. Here's hoping for, well, we're recording this on a Thursday night. So you're welcome, Swindon Town fans, because that means there'll be a signing on Friday. JR, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Good night. The Lone Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.